We are still in the uh, immediate aftermath of the beautiful Yom Tov of Purim. So let's share a Purim thought and message and connect it with the Parsha of the Week as well. Um, especially um, based on a teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov uh, explained there's a Mishnah in the Tractate of Megillah that says, Literally that means that if someone reads the Megillah backwards, meaning one would read chapter 9 before chapter 8, or chapter 5 before chapter 4. So if one reads the Megillah backwards, um, they did not fulfill their obligation of reading the Megillah. So again, on a simple level, that means if you're reading the Megillah backwards. The Baal Shem Tov explained this uh, with a, as, as a deeper message. When, when one reads the Megillah backward, meaning of just about like as a, a story that happened in the past. He looks at it as something that happened, you know, 2,000 years ago. And that's, it's a nice historical event. Says the Baal Shem Tev Lo Yotza. The Mishnah is telling us that one didn't really fulfill our obligation. Because the Megillah is supposed to be read and understood in the context of messages that we can learn from it and take from it today. Not only something that happened backwards, so to speak, a long time ago. So, a beautiful Purim message from the very last Pasuk, in the last verse in the Megillah. The Megillah finishes and talks about the greatness of Mordechai. And it says that he becomes the viceroy, the second in command to the king Achashverosh. The Godol Yehudim is great for the Jewish people. He's accepted by most of his brethren. He's, um, he looks out for the good of the people and brings peace to all of his um, to all of the descendants of Klal Yisrael. But here you have the very uh, strange statement that he is accepted by most of his people. He's accepted or he's popular by most of his brethren. And you think Mordechai, together with Esther, of course, are the heroes of the Purim story. They were very instrumental here in saving the Jewish people. And yet, at the end of the Megillah, the very last passage talking about his greatness, tells us that he is popular and accepted by most of his brethren. What's, that? what's, what's the story with most? And the Gemara comments on this and says, yes, that Mordechai was part of the Sanhedrin, which is the high Jewish court of the time, and that some of the members of the Sanhedrin distanced themselves from him after this story. And that's why it says most of his brethren really appreciated him, but some didn't. Why? What, did Mordechai, what could Mordechai have done wrong that should make that some of the members of the Sanhedrin, some of the sages of the time, distanced themselves from him? And the Gemara explains, and Rashi explains, and the answer is simple, because Mordechai went into politics. After all, as it says here in this Pasuk, he became Mishnah Lamalach HaChashver, or she becomes the viceroy to the king. When he's going to go into politics and involve himself in politics, that is going to automatically, in some way, lessen his total involvement in spirituality, in holiness, in Torah. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, he was a teacher of the Jewish people, um, and now he's also involved in politics. And therefore some of the Sanhedrin felt he's making a mistake. Now it's important to note, the fact that he got involved in the story of Purim, well obviously he had to, the Jewish people were in danger and was, he was thrust into it. There's no question about that. Mordechai made a decision though to continue afterward in that position as viceroy of the king. He didn't say, you know, the story of Purim is over, let me go back to the Sanhedrin, I'll become a Torah teacher. Mordechai accepted this new position and stuck with it. He remained a viceroy to the king. And the reason he did that is because Mordechai knew that being in the palace, he could be there for the Jewish people. Um, the king remains Achashverosh after the Purim story. 
Achashverosh is not a friend of the Jewish people. Um, Achashverosh is a wicked person. So yes, miraculously, the story worked itself out in the story of Purim. But Mordechai knows that if he has the ability to stay in the, in the palace and serve as viceroy of the king, then he has the ability to be there as a defender of the Jewish people for the future. And herein, herein lied a debate. Most of the Sanhedrin agreed with Mordechai. Most of the Sanhedrin said, thought it was a good idea. And that yes, he would be sacrificing some degree and some level of his spiritual stature or knowledge of Torah or total involvement in Torah. But he's doing it for the sake of the Jewish people. And some of the Sanhedrin felt that it's not worth a sacrifice. Here we have such a great tzaddik, such a holy person who could be involved in Torah study. They didn't agree that it was worth a sacrifice. So this is what the last Pasuk of the Megillah is telling us about Mardukhai. When the Pasuk is telling us who Mardukhai was, how great of a person it was, he was so great that he actually did this, made this decision to do this, even though others wouldn't. This, uh, this uh, ultimate self-sacrifice for a holy person, a person of Torah, to put that away to a degree, to be there for the sake of others, to be there for the sake of Kal Yisrael. Now, Mordechai in his generation is called the Moshe Rabbeinu of his generation. And in fact, in this week's Torah portion, we find that Moshe Rabbeinu, the first Moshe Rabbeinu, did a very similar, tremendous sacrifice in a very similar vein. In this week's Parsha, we have the story of the Egel Hazav, the golden calf that the Jewish people made. And after they make that golden calf, Hashem gets very upset, very angry, and He says to Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to destroy the entire nation. And I will create the, the continuation of the nation of the Jewish people will be through you, through your descendants. And Moshe Rabbeinu pleads with Hashem for forgiveness for the Jewish people. And then he makes that very powerful and famous statement where he tells Hashem, either you'll forgive the Jewish people, if not, erase my name from the entire Torah. I don't want my name mentioned in the entire Torah if you don't forgive the Jewish people. And when we think about what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying over here, Moshe Rabbeinu, his whole Life was for the Torah. He's the one who brought, taught the Torah, brought us the Torah, taught us the Torah. Forever he's called Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe our teacher. Moshe is so deeply and intrinsically connected to Torah. And yet he says, for the sake of the Jewish people, take me out of the whole thing. He was willing to forsake everything only to save the Jewish people. So that really Moshe Rabbeinu, in this week's Parsha, and Mordechai in the end of the Megillah both express, both represent this ultimate level of self-sacrifice where they sacrifice their own spiritual achievements, their own spiritual tremendously high level for the sake of helping Klal Yisrael, for the sake of helping other people. And this, of course, is such a great and tremendous powerful lesson for us because each and every one of us, we're not Mordechai's, we're not Moshe Rabbeinu, we're regular people. But throughout life, we're many times faced with a decision. And many times the decision will be, I can either devote myself to pursue a certain greatness for myself, a spiritual greatness, whether it's in learning or in study or whatever it is, a certain um, personal greatness, or I can put that aside, sacrifice that greatness for the sake of helping others, doing something for others, be it physically, be it spiritually, but being there for someone else. And the message that we're hearing here from Mardukhai in the Megillah, from Moshe Rabbeinu in the Parsha, is very clear. That yes, a person should of course always look to enhance their own spiritual growth. But when it comes to do, um, doing that, do, uh, do, excuse me, <clears throat> when it comes to doing that um, on the, at the expense 
of helping others, Mardachai and Moshe Rabbeinu tell us that one should sacrifice their own greatness and their own growth in order to help others. In truth, if we think about it, that's the story of each and every one of us, our neshama, our soul coming into this world. When our soul was in heaven, it was involved in the highest spiritual you know, uh, achievements and connected to Hashem and, and the holiness and spirituality that goes on in heaven. And yet it comes down into this world, which is a tremendous descent for the soul. And it comes for a mission, which is to bring godliness to our bodies, to the world around us, so that the soul is taken, it's sacrificing, so to speak, its own spiritual greatness in order to help, in order to f- fulfill Hashem's mission that Hashem has for us. And that story of each and every one of us, and in life, throughout life also, we have to get involved in different things. That's also a sense of descent, because that's Hashem's mission from us. And when we do that, when we go in the ways of Moshe Rabbeinu, in the ways of Mordechai, and we're willing to put ourselves aside, so to speak, to sacrifice our own achievement, to help others, ultimately, like Moshe Rabbeinu and like Mordechai, we're able to affect and we're able to help others in the ultimate way that Hashem wants and bring Hashem's Kedush, Hashem's holiness to the entire world, which will ultimately come to its completion with the coming of Mashiach, may be speedily in our days. Have a wonderful Shabbos.